what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small businesses with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, should you be in business with your significant other? We'll discuss a recent article and give you some thoughts on that with our guests, Julia and Ray Campbell. And in addition to talking about whether you should be in business with your spouse, Julia and Ray, who are the owners of Campbell Design, an architectural firm in Denver, North Carolina, are going to give us some of their ideas on things that perhaps you shouldn't be doing with your small business based on some of their experiences. Finally, we're going to wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. Greetings. My name is Jeff Nouveau. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory. Gary, how is it going? Jeff, it's going great. I'm really excited about listening to our uh, guest today. Well, we're and and our guests are here with us. Uh, let's let's welcome them to That'd our podcast. Awesome. Uh, Julia Ray Campbell, uh, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. How are how are you guys doing today? Doing good, Jeff. Great, Gary. Glad that you guys are here. And uh, and for our listeners, you know, people when we say Denver, people often think of the West, but there is a Denver in North Carolina. So so. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Campbell Design, where, you, where you're located, some of the things that you guys do. We're um, a commercial architecture firm. We don't do residential, but we do um, office, retail, churches, industry, medical. Um, and yes, we're in Denver. It's a good location to reach a lot of different counties. and The Denver of the East. Denver of the East. Bring your water skis, not your snow skis. Okay. So you're like strategically located close to Charlotte, North Carolina, yes. and 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 also you get into some of the the Hickory, Piedmont, North Carolina. So you sort of have a, a, a decent sized footprint there. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so. we were established a little bit in Catawba County, and we took a good look at the demographics when we started the business and realized we were doing a little bit of business and didn't know much about Denver, North Carolina, like. Denver, where is this? Well, it's on the other side of the lake. We call it the undiscovered side of the lake. And when we decided we were looking at it based on where we could drive basically within an hour, and we hit all the major areas we can get to. Depends on where you go in Charlotte. So Charlotte, it's like, how far are you from Charlotte? You can get to Charlotte. You may not be able to get through it. Through it. That's exactly it. If you're going to South Park, it's convenient to nobody but South Park. So, um, But it's for us, it's been a great central location. And not only have we done business in North Carolina, then there's other projects that I've worked on that I've worked nationwide. So it's a really good place to get in and out of if you need to fly to. Well, you know, Gary and I usually, when we when we do our podcast, we usually talk a little bit about uh, an article that one of us has come to cr- come across, and 
you know, just the way things worked out this month. I was going through our, the, my local Charlotte Observer earlier this month and saw an article written by Joyce Rosenberg with the Associated Press about how married couples can work together and some of the challenges that they face when they're working together. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, truth be told, Gary and I both have a little bit of experience with that in that uh, in my previous life in the hosiery industry, my wife worked at our my company for a while, and and Gary's wife works at our community college. Uh, so that's why I'm so excited about today. See if I can learn some tips. You can learn some tips. I thought you were going to be giving us some tips, Gary, but you know, probably but, my tip is to make sure I don't talk too much. That's always a good tip. <laughs> uh, you know, but it was it's in it, you, you can you can Google Joyce Rosenberg and and probably find the the article because it's online. She's an AP writer. You know, some of the pitfalls that they talk about uh, in this article is sometimes spouses might not have their business roles and responsibilities particularly well defined, and might be stepping on each other's toes or might not be clear on what each other are supposed to be doing. The fact that often uh, spouses might have vastly different types of communication styles or decision-making styles. And I'm looking at Ray and Julia because I've known you guys for a few years through my work with the Small Business Center, and you guys have come to some of our seminars. And and I hope we're still friends after this podcast completes. <laughs> but, you know, Ray seems thoughtful, analytical, Julia, you seem to say quickly what is on your mind. So, you know, in terms of communication styles, you two seem very different. Has that ever been a problem for you guys? Yes, it has been a problem for us. <laughs> um, Ray and I are very different. I think sometimes in a mar- it, working together is like a marriage. You kind of marry what you don't have. When Ray speaks, it's like the voice of God because he's really quiet. And when he says something, it's really thoughtful. And I tend to just... Spew. I do think about what I say. It just doesn't all spew out. But I do think a lot about. You don't have like a Twitter account where you just like you get up in the morning and start tweeting crazy stuff. Oh no, stuff. that would be a bad okay. thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hear some people do that. There are people who do okay. that. I am not one of them because one of the things I've learned in running a business is I don't need to let every single thing that is on my mind out there because I never know who I'm going to offend. So I've learned to pull back a lot in what I say publicly. And that includes, you know, what we post on our Facebook page, what we put out there, um, what I do on Instagram, any of that, that type of thing, or, you know, that's something that we tend to pull back on, but, you know, that's a good tip for everybody (laughs) in every situation. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, yeah. What not to do in business thing there. We'll get get to that. We'll get to that one later. We'll get get to that. But yeah, but Ray and I have very different styles there. And so, um, sometimes, you know, when you marry your opposite and it fills in all the gaps. So that can be valuable of if you're faced with a problem, each of you have different skills and you look at each other like, well, you take this one because you're better at that at that area. But you're better at laying the hammer down on someone. Um, is, she, is she the or, bad cop? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> So it's and yeah, I'm, and and I'm and I'm sort of I'm, I'm sort of smiling as Ray is speaking, and, and I'm sort of feeling a little bit bad because I'm really not trying to put your your relationship in a bad situation, Ray. You seem to be choosing your words carefully, and I and I hope you're not sleeping on the couch tonight when when our podcast is completed. <laughs> no, but it's you know one of the things with working with your spouse is di- dividing your talents. I'm trying to be tell, tell the positive things. Yeah. 
divide your talents to conquer the the task at hand. And also, it's it's sometimes good to have a little push, especially in a business where creativity is an ongoing process. Sometimes she'll push me when I think it's already good enough, and the little push gets it better. Mm-hmm. And how do you take that I, little then push? Then I have to silently think to myself, "Oh gosh." That push made it better. <laughs> I understand that yeah, feeling. Do I, that? And do I say that out loud? <laughs> well, it works both. It works both ways. I mean, on, on things where, I mean, sometimes I'm I have a different vision because I am an interior designer. He's an architect, but I also have more of a business background than Ray does because I've been in you know retail management before. So I see things differently than Ray does. So you know. You have to. We work in a very collaborative field. Architecture. You cannot work in architecture in a void. I don't care if you're in doing interiors or if you're doing furniture, whatever you're doing. This is not the type of business where it's all about what your ideas are, and you basically don't want to hear what anybody else says. We work collaboratively with each other, but also with the client. So this is part of what you know. I push Ray. He's like, well, they came in with this, and this is fine. I'm like, yeah, but our job is to make it better. And to push not only him but our our staff and say there are better ways to do this. And and sometimes you realize that when you do that, you may scare the client because mm-hmm. they think they know everything about what they're doing, but we're the ones with the experience. I'm curious because I you know when I think about my wife and I, you know, I'm, and when we when it comes to decision making, you know, I'm more. I need a little time to digest. I'm, I don't like to make split decisions, at least you know, maybe about where I go to lunch is fine. But in terms of buying cars or houses or, or whatnot, I'm like, oh, hold. I need information. I need to think. I need to you know, you know, work it from different angles, from, from a decision-making perspective. And not to say that my wife is impulsive, but she's just more you – know, she wants to get it done now. And, and, and she's you – know, if, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably be st- – you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have children, and I'd probably be single and, and quite the mess. But anyway, um, you know, from 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 your perspective, do you guys have similar decision making type styles, uh, different decision making type styles, or you know, how has that worked work for no, you guys? I internalize a lot. I well, every first step to a lot of projects is listening, um, but I internalize a lot, and then it'll click and spill out of me. Um, so a lot of times in meetings, it's actually good that Julia's there to keep the meeting going. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I might tell someone, don't be alarmed if I don't say much. because It's not good know. for a podcast, Ray, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to tell a client that I do internalize. Mm-hmm. And I do have things going on in my head, and I'm building models in my head. And don't be alarmed if I'm quiet, because it will click and it will spill out. So I, you know, sometimes I have to say that. But if I have someone else with me at the meeting... And keep things going while I'm internalizing and sketching, but um, but yeah, so I I work like that, and Julia doesn't. That's a good example. So, teamwork. And, and one thing that helps, if I was giving advice to people, is have you know we have multiple projects, so that, therefore we can work on separate projects mm-hmm. and do our own thing, and only so we're not there all the time together on a project, and then it's like, well, I need her help, or she needs my help. Um, and gives so you, there's gives separate, you a space. Right. And then there are other projects where, yeah, we have to work all the way through it side by side. So, well, But what, it helps to have different tasks or 
have a little space, different There was times in the business, especially during the recession, where it was just Ray and I. That was it. There was no staff. There was nobody else. We had to figure a way to get through this Mm -hmm. and work together. And while I'm a little bit more rambunctious, I guess, that way, I will talk through it. It doesn't mean I haven't analyzed it. I'm very analytical. I will look at every side of things. But I also... The one thing we have a problem with is people don't want to make a decision because sometimes not making a decision is your decision. Mm-hmm. And Ray and I have very different styles that way where I'm able to cut it off, move forward and do something else. And this is part of the bad side of working together is Ray cannot Ray brings work home. His work is always going on. And I have multiple other tasks besides being. A business owner. I'm I'm a mother. I run the house. I have all these other things that need to do need oh, to gosh, be done. I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my home. Yeah, the car. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but there's so many different things that you know I have to do that I've got to be able to cut. If he wants to keep working, that and, and it's going on in his head, that's fine. But I've got to stop that so I can get other things done. And I don't know. If that's sometimes sometimes it's just how different people deal with life. Well, that's and why deal I said with, I'm feel like at home. That's exactly what my wife says. She has, and she's right. She's a mom. She's taking care of the house, and it's okay if I work on things at home. All right, Gary, you're, you're quite the Neanderthal. We know that. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move on. And now, one of, one of the things that is said in the article that I you know, found interesting, and I, I guess you guys you guys have an office. But, you know, some uh-huh. sometimes uh, spouses might work out of their home, have a home office, and it, and, and it, one of the things that it says is that um, an issue can be for for working couples is. Just being together twenty four seven, you know, from from business and home, ain't always good. You know, sometimes people need space; they they need a break. And it sounds like the fact that you guys have different projects going on helps helps you with that. You guys, have, you have, do you, do you guys ever need a little uh, time out from uh, from? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, the other thing is one of the best things we did is his office is on one side of the building and mine's on the other side. Yeah, we're we're looking for a lot to buy that's only like 15 feet wide and 200 feet long and we'll put our offices at either end okay all right but i could but working at home i don't know to get i mean we never really had planned to work together this is one of the you know you were asking like how did the business come about and i know that's sort of later on maybe but you know we while i have a degree in interiors and raise an architect we never planned to work together so, you know, as far as running a business goes, that's a little different way to, you know, it, it kind of happened and it happened because of a child. You know, we had our child and, you know, life changes. But working together, you better have a really, really strong marriage. And the one thing I think in our marriage, even before we work together, Ray has his space and he can go off and do his thing i have my space and i go off and do my thing but we always get back together so and when i say like he goes off with the guys because he's around women all day he needs to go off with the guys (laughs) i I text my friends and say get me away from these (laughs) (laughs) well he's around women at work and then he comes home to you know his daughter and myself and you know he needs he needs to have time outside of the office we're going to take him drinking after we like uh, finish the podcast so <laughs> and that's, that's different from whatever other day oops now people know what we really do at the community college so uh, yeah, moving along so anyway um, so so you know some of the things that come out in the article that that uh, are suggestions that uh, for successful business partnerships with spouses 
you know, it does talk a lot about communication and the fact that you've got to have a very open and honest, sometimes tough uh, conversations. I think something that you guys hit on, recognizing each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and taking advantage of them, which it sounds like something you guys mm-hmm. are pretty cognizant of, mm-hmm. um, and, and understanding that it requires some compromise, which you know, for those of us that have been married a while, that's, there, there's some of that associated with, with, with the marriage. You're going to have to uh, work it out and also a successful business. Is that, is that a fair statement? Would you guys concur with that? We would concur, right? Race thinking. Um, yeah, there's, there's uh, yeah, in business and in uh, design, uh, there's compromise, and you know, um, there's you have to make, like she said, you have to make decisions. You have to make them relatively quickly. Um, I guess in, in speaking on the design terms of it, um, you have to set yourself a deadline and come up with a creative thought. Well, I think on the marriage side of it, too, Ray, I mean, there's always compromise. All right. Moving along. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well. Eventually. 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 I mean, okay, things. She'll come around to your point of view sooner or later. Things have to move forward, so compromises have to be made. Um, Things proceed with necessary sacrifices, both in business and design. Well, I think I think that's that's a, a, a fair point, and for you, yeah, and I'm sure, particularly when you, know, you guys have such a creative element to what you guys have to do, and creativity is part of it. But also, I imagine you're dealing with clients who have budgets and costs and things, and you know, we have probably all dealt with people in our in different lines of business who have you know elaborate ideas on what they would like to do, but uh, you know, the, the old. Uh, the beer, the beer budgets, uh, champagne idea type thing, where they've got great expensive ideas, but not the budget to to bring them to bear. So I'm, I'm sure that's something that comes off uh, happens to you guys on a regular basis. It does, and actually, if, if somebody is is on a budget and we know that up front, that's that's not a bad challenge. I mean, we like to we believe in realistic expectations. So of, of everything that we do, that's part of what we have to do. Don't. Not everybody is going to come in with an unlimited budget. They're well, really fun jobs when you get them. Well, I, was say, I, I imagine that's that's pretty infrequent that uh, people, you know, the, the unlimited budget uh, ones, uh, you let us know who they are? You'll find out eventually when they, uh, <laughs> They're out when, they, when they send that press release out, you will know, and Campbell Design will be on that. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. We always ask what the budget is up front, and we work budget backwards. Um, we're a little bit different that way as a firm because, yeah. you know, nothing makes us more excited than seeing someone be successful and then come back to us and say, let's do the next building or the next phase or the next edition. And that's a huge plus. I mean, we've got 600, over 600 projects we've done and maybe 10 that were never built. So that says a lot about what we, how we work as a firm, how we work together and how we can meet people's expectations. Well, um, the reason that the, the, the main reason I mean, I, I've known you guys for a while and I always enjoy you guys, but but at, at one point in time you you told me that you sort of had a a list of lessons learned of things that, that maybe as a business as a small business you shouldn't be doing or through through uh, through your experience and you always sound like hey at some point that would be an interesting podcast so so. 
you know, I, you know, you you can protect the names of the innocent if you like, or you can uh, you can throw them out there as well. But you know, you guys have been in business for for since, since 1998. You know, I guess that means 20 years, you know, 20 plus years at this point in time. And I and I know you've been doing architecture, design, and whatnot before that. So you've got more experience um, beyond those 20 years. But but as some people, you know, you know, number one, congratulations for successfully running a small business for that for that long. Not many people can can say that. So, uh, but uh, you know, I, I guess you've you've learned a few lessons as you've gone down that road. You know what? Uh, you know what are the what are the business lessons that uh, that uh, you want to share with uh, well, our let's, listeners? Let's set up the introduction to this. Of we were invited to be guest speakers at High Point University in the professional practice class. And in a interiors or architectural professional practice class, they talk about what are the real-world things that you need to know. And so they invite guests. And while driving to High Point, we thought, well, everybody's going to tell them what to do in business. Why don't we tell them what not to do? Because everyone and, tunes out. When you say, here's all the things to do, we've all done this. And when you write it down, you walk out and you forget it. That's need, the end of well, it. You need to be good communicators. You, you know, you need you, you need to uh, know your roles and respond. Oh, we covered all that stuff. All right, yeah. now you're going to tell us the bad stuff. Well, I so. mean, so what we did is we kind of came up with a list of, it's kind of like the funny stories of things that drive us crazy, that basically makes you look bad as a business mm-hmm. person. And, and, it's, and it's important to know what not to do as it is to know what to do. Even when I'm designing something, I want to know what do you don't, what what do you not like? I have to know that. Well, someone who comes in and has a list of I don't like this, great, then then I have a better chance of knowing what you do like. Mm-hmm. So some of these are funny and some are not really so funny. <laughs> well, um, hit us, hit us with We were thinking number one was you said... What? Don't, don't. Okay, raise number one pet peeve. Are people well, who no, do, do the don't burn your bridges. Oh, don't burn your bridges. First thing I tell interns, we've had quite a few interns, high school, university, come through our office. First things first, do not burn your bridges. And we as business owners, oh, we, we're always working for the man. You're not, it's not, if you think you're not working for the man, you are sorely mistaken. Um, but, boy, there are times when you just want to tell that, when you're done with that project or whatever, tell them to go <laughs> jump. And what's been interesting is there have been people who I've gotten laid off from or I don't like, I don't want to work with them, and I didn't burn the bridge. And lo and behold, somewhere, somehow, I end up working with them again. And guess what? This time they're paying me. As opposed to the other way around where I was working for them. So it's been real interesting. But the first thing is, you know, don't burn your bridges. And whoever's working for you need to realize you signed the check. Right. Yeah. But don't, but don't burn the bridge because literally, I, it's, it's interesting because we came from the triad. And now here we are up in the foothills. We run into the same people we may have known 30 years ago. And now they're back. And now you've got to be able to work with them. And it could be a pretty big business deal, and it could go well. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, and that's probably good advice, whether you're running a small business or working in a business, because you just never know who you're going to run into down the road. You, know, you want to you have... You certainly don't want to destroy the relationship. Yeah. Well, now there's so much more information out there on LinkedIn and Facebook and and whoever else, whatever else is coming next. But it's amazing. We had an intern who worked for us who 
did some not so nice things after she was gone. And lo and behold, guess what? Campbell Design is not on her LinkedIn. There's a real good reason. I would not be giving her a really good recommendation. So there was a bridge that was absolutely burned. Good point. Good point. My number one is, and while some of these only happen occasionally every six months or the one that bothers me the most and the, the one thing people do, what not to do in business, and I see it every day, is people don't sign their emails. If you're conducting business and you're trying to exchange money, you're trying to make a project happen, you're trying to pull money out of thin air, you cannot sign your emails, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's just it's, Jeff. Just Jeff. And then your your email address will be something like, I love coffee at AOL.com. <laughs> so you, not only do you have an email yeah. address that has nothing to do with your business. Now, if you're asking I, me. I, I do love coffee, though. <laughs> I do, too. You know, yeah. our, we drive Volvos. They automatically go right to Starbucks. Okay. It's built into the and GPS. It just because, you know, we all get 100 emails a day and we can't. I can't help you. If I can't find you, who you are. right? And and if and if what you need needs a team of people to help you, I can't introduce you to the rest of the team because it's just Jeff. Well, and I and, the example was this week. I got an email. We sent a contract to somebody. She had a question. I really would have liked to talk to her. I was out of the office. She signed her her email with her name. Nothing else. No phone number, no other way to get in touch with her. So, so it's sort of a level of professionalism that if you're going to be conducting business, you better, you, yeah. you, you need to check that box and at least, you know, make it Professional make it easier. Professional analysis, just the right information. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, set up your phone. If you can't set it up, find a teenager to set it up for you because everybody should have a signature on their email. Yeah. It is, this is, you know what, this is basic branding. You are branding yourself. And I don't care if this is a new business you're starting up. Somehow or another, people need to have a way to get in touch with you. And if it's only by, the worst part is it's only by email, but you know they immediately want an answer. Yeah. And sometimes email's great, and but a phone call's better. Yeah. And there are some funny ones. No limpy fish handshakes. Um, don't, what? don't chew gum in an oh, interview. I had someone come these, in. These aren't like email addresses. These are just more things well, that you do not do. These are more having a professional these, email yeah. as opposed to Jeff loves coffee or worse. Well, we, we have an example, but I'm not. I, this is where I have. I would have to change all the names. But it was someone who owned a franchise, and he never signed his emails, and his email address was something like. I shoot hoops at AOL.com. Well, it had nothing to do with the fact that he ran a whole franchise of dentist offices. What, you know, I understand you've always had this, but there's, you can get a free Gmail account. You can get a free Yahoo account. It's so easy to do. Just be professional about well, it. And, and I'm going to show some of my bias in that sometimes when I get email uh, from someone that's got an AOL.com account, I'm uh, that. I'm sending send a message to you yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, AOL people, don't sue me. You know, uh, we're with the mesh dot com uh, dot, <laughs> dot TV. But uh, you know, the AOL is a little bit dated. Gmail is uh, free and easy to secure. Sorry, Dad, who has a AOL dot com account, but uh, that that tells me a little something here as well. 
I mean, if it's your personal account, that's fine. But I think if you're running it as a business, a lot of this comes down to branding. I mean, I worked for a furniture manufacturer and I did showrooms and it was all about how do you brand what you are selling? And remember, no matter what you're doing, you are your brand 24 seven. When you're going out for groceries, you don't know who you're going to run into. That might be the next person who says, hey, I'm thinking of adding on to my building. I hear you. All right. What other what other uh, things should we be telling our small business owners and entrepreneurs and people to avoid out there? Well, here's some more light, funny ones. No wimpy fish handshakes and no chewing gum in an interview. We had that happen with at an interview, yeah. and, and all I could think of was blazing saddles when I was watching that one. <laughs> and I literally said, and we really, did, did they not tell you to not chew gum at the interview? Don't, don't chew gum in line? <laughs> Yeah, don't you got me like? All right. We actually set the poor kid up for a fall because we said, would you be comfortable talking to our clients without us on your own? And he's like, oh, yeah. And, and Julia said, would you be chewing gum when you did that? <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he or she get it? Uh, or? Yeah. Well, they didn't get the job, obviously. But um, There's a lot of cute resumes floating around that are on pink paper with logos and smell like roses and that's not a very uh, we used to well, that's huge, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hip and trendy I, I thought all the kids did no. that these days well no and then you know we have, we deal a lot with 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 young students or young entrepreneurs possibly and they will do their resumes in class and i went to print one out and it cut all the edge of her name off and all the edge of everything she had done and i said and this was a girl who had great grades who had a really good portfolio and i said did you print this out and look at it she said yeah i said well did you print it out with not making it fit to paper i said this is why you're not getting a job because basically it's cutting off your email address i said give it to your grandmother and ask her to print it out and see what happens and and was she applying for like a design type job she wasn't literally after i told her this she got a job elsewhere in like a month so some of these are really like basic thing we think they're basic they're apparently not basic but they're not basic anymore we talk about it yeah. all the time the soft skills in fact uh, it's so important to us at the college mm-hmm. it's a perfect lead in that mm-hmm. we have uh, made our soft skills course it's called work-based learning uh, a requirement to graduate when we they learn how to do the resume cover letter thank you mm-hmm. interviewing tips professional emails, yeah. all those things, because they, they have tremendous skills when they come out of CVCC, but they don't yeah. have tremendous technical skills yeah. they have. They don't necessarily have the soft skills they need to have. Well, I think the soft skills are important, and it's something that can be taught. And yes. I don't, exactly I think right. if you haven't been brought up, I mean, we, we look at our lives as entrepreneurs. We were not brought up by entrepreneurs at all. Right. This is brand new, learning how to network, learning how to do bring in work all of these things are not skills that we were taught but just the basics i never really understood like how to go out and network mm-hmm. when i was starting selling furniture i didn't you know i knew about you know handshaking and what to, you know but what to say what not a lot of what not to say mm-hmm. i've learned a long time ago and this is sort of what not to do you can tell somebody why something happened and this goes back to my retail days i learned so much about running a business on someone else's dime working in retail because I manage 25 women. If you can do that, you can pretty much do anything. <laughs> and I say that as a woman, but yeah, we I can't, didn't say that. Jay. We can't say, <laughs> we can't say that. <laughs> but what was amazing to me is you can come in and tell me why you were late. And 
uh, you know, the dog ate my homework, whatever. It doesn't change the fact. You were late. Or I didn't make it in t- yesterday because so-and-so, you know, something happened. People don't care why. I can tell you why your job wasn't done. Does it change the fact that it wasn't done? Nope. It might give you context, but it's not going to change facts. And I think that's a lot of how I run the business versus Ray. I mean, Ray will tell you why it didn't happen. I just know it didn't happen. And there, that's the difference in how we perceive things. That's why I do more the one-on-one as far as like human resources and dealing with staff because that's sort of how I see the world. Because he's, he's, he's obviously too empathetic and you're not. I'm not. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, but that, that comes with years of experience of, you know, we're really, we try to be nice to our staff and we try to, you know, make a really great work environment. But there is a point where we are professionals and you can, t- why, you know, why are you late every day? You know, telling me why you're late means either you have really poor planning skills or something else is up. Well, we talk about, we didn't used to think soft skills were coming to work on time or coming to work on a regular basis. But that's now a soft skill that we value them. Because a lot of our students, again, have good technical skills, but they don't realize mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They say, well, I'm really good at machining. I said, yeah, but you won't have that job more than a week or two if you don't come to school yeah. or you don't come to work at a regular Time you're supposed to. It's eight o'clock. You don't come in at eight fifteen or eight twenty. Well, you're you're talking about professional behavior, and then, and before we started taping, you know, we also talked that sometimes inappropriate language in the workplace or in meetings might also be a concern out there. It is, and I, I have I'm not the best at any of that, but I have learned. I did work for the federal government. You need to behave appropriately. You have to realize who your client is. If you're dealing with a 50-some-year-old woman, and actually that was the client, you know, don't go... We can do a whole hour on alcohol-related things that people should not be doing. And there is a ton of stories that we have that have involved Mm -hmm. inappropriate things during networking, while you're on the road. Mm -hmm. And those are not good. Um, I think people don't realize that what happens outside of work now can affect your work. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I hope you still approve my expense report from Asheville, Gary. No, I noticed yeah, it. Yeah, there are a lot of, there's some, I, I think I've hidden the stuff well, though. Hmm. It's those drink names that you and, got, um, gave you away. Yes. And, and dressing appropriately in front of a federal government employee. Uh, don't dress like you're going to a picnic. Um, we have we we had to write our wait we had to write an employee handbook because we had we are we have casual Fridays, casual Fridays, you know we had never spelled it out and this was a younger employee and he came in in a graphic T-shirt, jams and flip flops, which Friday after Fridays actually we have people who just drop by the office. Is this appropriate dress mm-hmm. yeah. for someone coming by wanting to buy your services? And it's not so much that I'm like, am I of that that age group? How you present yourself. You don't get this. There, there's the old, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. And how you present yourself out there is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we come by, someone comes by my office, I think they pretty much know who, you know, who yeah. the owners are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we had a situation. We went to a job site to meet with somebody. It was a factory. Mm-hmm. It wasn't us. It was someone else brought someone in. She wore she wore flip flops, open toe shoes, open toe shoes to a place where you had to wear steel toed boots. Mm-hmm. 
you know, researcher. And you she know. was asked to sit in the car mm-hmm. and not come in at all. No. Yeah, hopefully uh, she learned from that one. Yeah. But, you know, we just find, like, a lot of the inappropriate things are just not thinking about your environment, about not, you know, they aren't thinking yeah. about who their client is. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people and what not to do in business uh, on this subject about the alcohol is you can have two drinks and close a deal. You can have more and lose everything. Yeah. Um, so don't drink more than two in front of a client. Or don't drink at all in front of a client. Well, I, I know somebody that two after two might blow the deal. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it depends on the individual. Yeah, it's, it's a very dangerous area. Yes, but, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we have we have other funny things that have happened at the business as far as like don't wear the don't wear your competitor's T-shirt to your business. Probably a good rule to follow. Yeah, that happened with us. So, they don't work there anymore either. <laughs> But it was free. I'm glad we had this exactly on tape. That's exactly it. It's like, why, why don't you make T-shirts? And I'm like, because that's not what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we make buildings. I'm not branding my... We brand ourselves differently. We brand ourselves based on our, biz, our, our buildings that we design. We are not going to go running around giving you pencils and giving you T-shirts. It's just not who we are. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. All right. All right. Any other, any other uh, things that you would like to share with our listeners? No, we can stop there with what not to do in business. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we have you guys here, I did want to ask you, in that we, you know, Gary and I run into folks that are, when they're in startup mode, sometimes they're looking at, Buildings. They always, you know, should I lease a building? Should I buy a building? Uh, should I build a building? You know, when when you when people come to you, are there certain guidelines that you might throw out there in terms of saying, here's what you should be thinking about when you're going through that sort of decision? We tell people that when you, um, if you're running a business out of your house or garage, there's a lot of benefit and low stress to that when you bring That's it out. That's for starting a business. Yeah. When you bring it out into the public, there's enormous rules. I think um, the first thing, you know, we want to know that you have kind of at least a business plan of where you're going with your, with what you want to do. And first step usually with a lot of people is they're leasing a space. I think the biggest fear is like, I'm going to go see an architect and it's going to cost me a fortune. Well, that's not really true because we've seen people who buy a building that cannot be used for what they wanted to, to mm-hmm. turn it into. Mm-hmm. And all that, I mean, you've just lost all your money there unless you can flip that building back. But even then, you've lost money. I think for us, I mean, the first thing is, you know, what space are you looking at? What kind of information do you have? How do you want to run your business and what do you want to put in here? Is it zoned appropriately? Mm-hmm. What county is it in? Because if you're in Catawba County, it's going to be different than if it's Lincoln County or Gaston County. I'm trying to think next thing to do. I mean, have some people have have a th- a couple of professionals look at what you're about to buy if you're going to buy. What is your budget? Yeah. I'll give you a, a perfect example is we have people who want to own a restaurant. Restaurants are the, of all the kinds of buildings we design are one of the hardest. And I'll tell you why they're hard. You're not only dealing with building inspections, but you're also dealing with public health. Mm-hmm. So you need to have all these parts and pieces fit together. 
And, 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 and my advice is get those get those people, those those officials from those departments there at the same time, because sometimes I've seen them give conflicting advice on what needs to be done. Well, the other thing about running a restaurant, if you've never worked in one, that's a big uphill battle. And I've yet to see one succeed who hasn't already worked in that business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for example, get realistic, you know, numbers of what all of your, your equipment's going to be. Which can be how much? 135000 200,000. 200,000. So significant. Significant. So, you know, one of the things we want to do is look at a realistic budget. You know, someone will say, oh, they're going to upfit the space, so they're giving me $45 a square foot. It's not enough. It's not enough. That's basically might pay for your heating, maybe. Uh, That's it. You have no floor. You have no walls. You have no ceiling. You have no plumbing. You have no electrical. So we're, we're trying to do is get realistic numbers from people of what they want an idea of their business, and how real. when do you want to be open? And then we can give them a list of, here's what we can control. It'll take this long to do your drawings. We're going to get these people involved because we have, depending on the job, there's different engineers that we want to work with. And then look at it realistically as far as, do you have a general contractor? Are you bidding this? Or are you not bidding this? You know, if you're on a tight budget, you need to work budget backwards. We tell people if they're on a budget, if you want a restaurant, find one that's closed down and open it. Mm-hmm. Don't start with with an old building that has nothing. Or or, or, or create a brand new one and yeah. you, know, you just manage your startup at cost. Or if, or if you're in a, on a budget and you want to open an insurance office, find an insurance office that's closed down. Or something that was a business before. That is a low-cost uh, way to proceed and jump into it to find an old building and have a dream in your head it's going to be really expensive it can be an expensive Um, dream yeah well i think a lot of it is you know what we try to do is be very realistic let's sit down tell me what your dream is that's first thing tell me what you want i mean i'm trying to think of and we anybody somebody who came through they want to build a mini storage they've got the land they've been in business before they have a realistic idea of what they want to do so the next step is for us to draw it up and give them a fee to just get to the point where someone can kind of give them an idea on numbers mm-hmm. that's a good good example we're working with a civil engineer but right now we've got to be able to get that footprint done for someone to come in and start to price it then the next step is going to be oh that's great now i have an idea of what to talk to the bank about now I know where we're going to go next on this, and then we can work on the next step, which is the documents to be able to build that building. I was trying to think of a good so example be, so set it there. Can, it can be taken in steps, um, and it should be. Should Any project should be taken. Let's do the first step. Let's get something on paper just so we can share it with everybody else, see if anybody sees any red flags. But, I mean, we run into examples for – we deal with a lot of churches, mm-hmm. and – Churches, a lot of times, think they can go into a space where it was previously a business, and that won't work because there's all these rules because now you're a church. And churches right. have a whole set of rules equivalent to a nightclub. That's true. Are you really? Do you have mm-hmm. a, do you have a uh, project where? Do <clears throat> they serve wine? Is that it? Or what? No, it's an assembly space. And okay. this, a lot of this came out of the Rhode Island fire years ago. Okay. And it literally mm-hmm. set up this whole set of dominoes some, across the country. Some buildings of, are inappropriate for your use, no, and, no, and, and you're no. using the word force. Yes, we can force this to happen. Um, but but, but then amazingly, you know, 
some buildings that you wouldn't think would work for a church to do, like maybe an old Kmart that's already sprinkled and, uh, so, you know, so. if you don't need a high ceiling. But some, some buildings you wouldn't think are appropriate are. And then a lot of clients come and say, I think this building's appropriate mm-hmm. for a church, but, you know, they it's a wood frame. Regulations, wood, yeah. But it's like, no, that one's not appropriate. We, can, we can force it to happen, but forcing equates to money cost. Yeah. Well, you guys have given us a lot of... Uh, Good stuff to chew on. You know, we we also we we like to have our guests participate in our lightning round of questions. Well, which you know, you got to give us quick answers to this. And there are two of you. It's almost you know, if it, if it, if it was if it was uh, if you had not been married as many years as you've been married, you know, it would be more of a newlywed game where we'd like say, you know, what is Ray going to say, and Julia could predict <laughs> it. So, but we don't have really. So you, you can both. Well, well, I would be interested to know how your answers compare. So here's our first lightning round question: What is your favorite vacation spot? Italy. I would say the same, Vegas as well. Italy, Vegas. Italy and yeah, Vegas, they're not, the same. Not the same. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Vegas has a little Italy, bit of everything. Yeah. Well, they have the Venetian. Okay, that's true. All right, next question. <laughs> there we go. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Ray, what do you think? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll 50. just say the opposite. <laughs> All right, next question. Your preference, Godfather, Star Wars, or Harry Potter? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. All right. All right. Instinct there. That's probably the you know more more valid for a, a happy marriage, having that question answered correctly, or the same at least. Favorite junk food? Quick, quick. Chocolate. Is um. chocolate? Dark chocolate? Yeah. All right. Chocolate chips. anything. Chips? <laughs> potato chips? Yes. Okay. All right. It's just potato chips. All right. Last question. Mm-hmm. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Travel through time. Travel through time. Julia, what do you say? That's not fair. <laughs> I'm the one who got you started on Doctor Who. Uh, you can, that can be your superpower, too. You can travel through time together and like spend eternity with one another. I think time travel would be awesome. All right. I think time travel is a great one. You know, just you know, be careful where you go. Exactly. <laughs> so you don't want to... And she would do it for science. I'm doing it for music. So. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> Who are you going to hang out with? I'm going to go hang out with the Beach Boys and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. Go I'm good with Beatles. that. I'm going to go see the Beatles. We're all right. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. If people want to find uh, Campbell Design, where should they be looking? Where, how can they find you guys? Uh, you can find us on the web at CampbellDesign.com. And on Facebook, we are Campbell Design Architecture. And we're also on Pinterest, and I think if you just search Campbell Design, you'll find us there. Facebook shows the more recent things we're doing. Yeah, we keep Facebook way more up to date because it's so much faster. Okay. Well, we we really appreciate you guys uh, joining us today at the Entrepreneur Exchange. We always finish the Entrepreneur Exchange where we share some some interesting small businesses that we've come across. And and Julia Ray, you guys uh, have a small business that you want to give a shout-out to? There's a... We were thinking about this last night. There's a unique business called Banana Box, which is salvage grocery. In Newton. Yeah. And they just expanded to do, like, bigger box things. But uh, You never know what you'll find. It's been so interesting going there over the past couple of years. But Jamie and Royce have made that a small business where they know their customers, they know their people. They always have nice and friendly staff. Um, they've done a big. They've done a good job of building that business over the years, and yeah. you know we like it because it's a local business. It's local. It's good for the economy. And and you said they do salvage 
Groceries. Groceries. Yeah. So and sometimes it's a high-end product that no one wants. So you, you kind of luck into some great chocolate or something. Or, some great, or like the really good potato <laughs> chips. Really good coffee or something. So you never know, but it's fun to, fun huh. to visit. Huh. But I, I like it. I think part of it is I like being part of I mean, we like doing business with people that are local. Yeah. And they were, they've been local and they've stayed local. And they're in Newton, North Carolina. They are. All right. Banana box. <laughs> I, I was not aware of them, but I'm not aware check of them out. either. So, all right, <laughs> Gary, you uh, you have a small business that uh, you want to share with folks? Yes, Jeff. My business of the month is me and Bee's Lemonade, which was launched by a young lady, Michaela Omer, in Austin, Texas. Have you heard of her? I have not. <laughs> I to it Austin. But she was. In, I'll meet her. If you'll I like this. This is why I picked it. She was encouraged by her parents at age four or five to develop a product related to a, a children's uh, business competition. And she combined her great granny's Helen's recipe for flaxseed lemonade and her fascination with bees. And then she added some local honey, and today her ideas continue to grow. But she's been using this and uh, product, and she just like a lemonade stand, she sells it at different places around the town and in entrepreneur competitions. Mm-hmm. And she takes the proceeds and keeps a little bit for herself, and then puts the money toward uh, saving the honeybees. And to tell you how successful the product is, she's actually selling her product in, uh, make sure I've got this right, Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Nice. So it's a real product. And she's now 14. Okay. So when she's not at the lemonade stand, she's promoting Save the Bees. And maybe doing homework or something else, we hope. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good, I think. Another good reason to visit Austin, Texas. There you go. So, yeah, so I, I Remember that. have a pretty good music team, too, from what I can mm-hmm. tell. Yes. Well, my, my small business is, is, is similar to that. This, this Similar? Month. Yeah. Uh, kind of like we matched a couple months ago. Alert podcast listener Debbie S. sent me my small business of the month, which was an article that she saw in the, the Bangor, Maine Daily News uh, titled, Maine Woman is Using Seaweed to Make Sexual, sexual Lubricant. So... Uh, <laughs> This was this was written by someone partner 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 Troy Troy Bennett uh, and this this was in the newspaper uh, in from Portland Maine and usually I write something up but I, I'm just going to read uh, some portions of the the article so this is the article when contemplating amorous late night moves slimy plants from the bottom of the sea probably isn't spring into springing into most lovers minds one Maine woman hopes to change that. She's perfecting a seaweed-based, all-natural sexual lubricant made especially for Mainers planning on heading uh, down east. This is a quote. This is a personal... This is a personal and massage lubricant that can be used for any sort of sexual activity, said Mariah Curtis, 26, a Portland woman who grew up mostly uh, in Arano, which I assume is a local town. Quote, it's safe to rub all over your body. It's totally absorbable, or you can wash it off. It's for any part of the body you want to have slick or wet for any reason. Curtis is calling her new formula, which still needs FDA approval to be sold commercially, See Me Lube, it's made from Irish moss, a local seaweed well-known for gelling properties. The crinkled dark brown plant is abundant on the main coast. It thrives in water between 3 and 20 feet deep. 
In other personal lubricants on the market, sometimes Irish moss is used as a minor ingredient, but Curtis said hers will be the only one made primarily from from the slippery aquatic plant. Quote, I wouldn't call this an invention as much as a personal formula. I just have a unique approach that is more natural and sustainable than what's currently available. Josh Rogers is a former Google product developer who now runs the Heritage Seaweed Shop in Portland. Rogers' shop is a boutique selling all things seaweed, including food, cosmetics, and home goods. He developed and produces seaweed-based cup of tea, cup of sea teas as well. Quote, she just walked in one day and said she was making seaweed lube, said Rogers. I just blinked and said, cool. Since then, he's mentoring Curtis, giving her marketing and networking advice. He's a real believer in her product and sees it as more than just a novelty. It's not ready. Curtis isn't ready to sell seaweed lube commercially just yet. She has to clear a few government approval hurdles, do a bit more testing and product refinement. But she's now looking for business partners and hoping to grow her company and sell it in retail outlets. So, so anyway, See Me Lube is my small business, even though it's not available yet. But if you want to learn about it, you can just Google Bangor Daily News Seaweed Lube, which you know we'll be probably doing on a regular basis. Yes. Even the community college computer will let you do that. The, the filter isn't uh, you, that tight. You got through there? That's, I got that's interesting. There. Uh, so you can read the uh, read the article there and hooray for entrepreneurs. And that so. was close to my uh, me and the bees lemonade. Yeah, it made me think of that. So anyway, <laughs> very good. So we, we owe Debbie a uh, entrepreneur exchange prize pack because uh, if you email us at uh, the e exchange at the mesh TV with a small business that we use, we we send you a prize pack. So we'll be sending uh, sending one out to Debbie. Very good. We want to thank Ray and Julia Campbell and. Campbell Design for joining us today on the Entrepreneur Exchange. Thank you guys so much for being here. We enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. It was great. Um, we want to thank the Mesh.tv. You should be checking out all of the Mesh podcasts by going to the Mesh.tv and see the whole uh, uh, all the podcasts that are available out there. You can uh, subscribe or you can download us uh, at the usual suspect podcast sites. We appreciate you listening and we'll look forward to talking to you again next month. And next month, we'll be talking about the Carolina Tar Heels as the national champs. We hope. We hope. All right. Well, we'll... That's coming from a Wake Forest fan. Don't jinx us, Gary. All right. Have a good one. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.